Hi, you're listening to Track Change. It's the official podcast of Postlight, a digital product studio at 101 Fifth Avenue in New York City. My name is Paul Ford. I'm the co-founder of Postlight. You do this thing where it's like you tr- you're trying to recapture 1950s radio. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hi. You, you do just, it every time. I just want to get it, you know, it's consistent. It's got a little voice to it. Yeah. Because I, I feel that a lot of your more corporate podcasts yeah. are like, hi, this is blah, 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 blah. This podcast, by the way, my name is Rich Ciotti. I'm the other co-founder of Postlight. This podcast is not sponsored by Postlight, which is a digital product studio in New York City that designs, builds, and architects apps platforms, web apps, mobile apps, all sorts of technology stuff. They're not sponsoring this. Do you know who's sponsoring this? Chesterfield Cigarettes. That's right. (laughs) Chesterfield. For a smooth, smooth, relaxing smoke. Gentles the smoke. Gentles gentles the throat? You know, sometimes I like to smoke an entire pack at once. It's that gentle. (laughs) Guys, if you want to see a really cool ad, search for, on YouTube... Lee Marvin Paul Mall. We'll put a link on there. On we'll put there. a link on there. By the way, it's pronounced Pell Mel. Yeah. That's not what this podcast is about. Not Paul. at all. Not at all. No. We've got a really cool guest today. We do. We do. His name is Jerome Hardaway. He's the founder and executive director of Vets Who Code. I could ask you what Vets Who Code is, but I'd rather ask Jerome. Yep. We should actually disclose I advise this organization a tiny bit. Okay. A tiny bit because I wrote that big Bloomberg piece. Jerome reached out and just was like, would you be affiliated with this? And uh, not many people know this about me, but my grandfather, my father, and my brother all served in the U.S. military. I, I didn't even know this. Yeah. no, I, And I, I have a lot of respect for... You didn't. I did not. No. I was always a little too weird and a little too fat. Never really thought about it. It just mm-hmm. wasn't my path. Right. My brother was in the Navy. He loved it. Still loves it. Hmm. He was on the USS Carl Vinson. My dad served in Korea. And my grandfather was in the Navy in the uh, mid-30s and actually didn't serve in World War II. He was out before. Got it. And he tried to get back in. They're like, hey, we're going to make you a private. He was like, what? What? Yeah. And so he did other stuff. Interesting. He was on the plane that uh, went and found Amelia Earhart, but didn't find her, actually. Oh. Yeah. They looked for her. Right. But, you know, just not a lot. Not, you couldn't use GPS back then. So let's get back to Jerome. Yeah, sure. Jerome, hi. Hey, how are you guys doing today? We're good. We're, We're good. Where are you calling from? I am calling from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, right now, uh, I can literally see the river from my uh, office. Pretty, so pretty cool. cool. Pretty cool. Paul, you, you, you're an advisor for Vets Who Code. Uh, I'm coming at this pretty green. So, Jerome, give us a background. Give us a little, a little history about yourself before we get to how you got here. Uh, Roger that. So, history about myself. Uh, I was in the United States Air Force. Uh, I was in security forces. I did, you know, did my job, deployed a few times. I've uh, been in a couple countries that were cool, some that weren't so cool. Uh, <laughs> and I, afterwards, once I finished my tour of duty, I decided I was going to get out of the military. Um was honorably uh, out of the military, ready to see what, what my DD-214, uh, basically the discharge papers that they give you, give everyone once they get out the military. I had my golden ticket. It said I was an honorably discharged veteran. I served my country with honor and all this other jazz. 
I was ready to get out there and punch my ticket in the civilian world. Well, when I um, exited the military, it was 2009, and it was the worst time to be a civilian in the civilian world. It was doing, um, we were pretty much at the top, the apex of the uh, great, um, at the recession. Right. So I was getting all of these, uh, basically, for the first six months out, everyone was telling me that I just, I, you know, thank you for your service, but you're not skilled. Mm-hmm. So I spent the last six months of 2009 really just uh, focusing on what was I going to do, what could I do to really skill up myself to uh, become more marketable. And I happened to find this uh, commercial about coding and things of that nature. And I was like, you know what, that sounds like a great idea. So I actually started like going through the Internet and finding tutorials everywhere um, until I became good enough a programmer to actually land a SQL analyst job with the Department of Homeland Security. And that's how I started my life in code, and I've never looked back. Um, I've always loved uh, programming and design, things of that nature. I remember even as a kid, my favorite uh, well, not a kid, maybe a teenager. My favorite company, my dream company to work at would be like Droga 5. And, you know, oh, that, so advertising yeah. and sort of marketing. Well, yeah, well, I, I really enjoy like how they made things, you know, how they got the story of companies across. Even today, I'm a huge fan of their work and I'm looking at always looking at Under Armour or uh, the, the work they've done with The Rock, for instance, mm-hmm. like is pretty amazing. So that was always the area I was always going to go into. I knew when I got out was digital design and development. But in 2014, there was a situation that happened in my hometown, uh, Memphis, in which a veteran ended up being, ended up losing their life, and there was no uh, help for his family. Um, and it was a really, really tough time because the Department of Veteran Affairs was actually going through a really big scandal that summer. So uh, I actually, I stepped up and I used my tech skills and I raised uh, about $10,000 in 27 hours. And that's how Vetsu Code was born. Because you um, saw that, that point on. you saw that this was possible, that you could affect change by using your tech skills. Um, I learned that, that was possible through that. I had no idea when I did it. I was a 25, 26-year-old kid that was just out there just trying to change the world and trying to help a fallen veteran's uh, family. Uh, but once I did that, I saw that, hey, this has real impact. So, you know, why not focus on that impact and start helping and doing more and, you know, doing what helped me, which was learning how to program. So that is how everything started. So at that point, so did you, what was the next step? Did you set up a not-for-profit? Did you talk to people? What did you do next? Well, the next step was, of course, to set up to uh, do all the paperwork and stuff for a not-for-profit. But I ended up getting all the, you know, all these calls and offers to come to New York and uh, train with people. I actually went through General Assembly. They invited me to come up and train with them. I spent about six months at NYC networking and meeting all these cool people, getting all these high-level relationships, uh, which was really valuable because, you know, if you know anything about tech, Silicon Valley, most money in regards to helping get missions done and when it comes to tech is either from New York or Silicon Valley. So mm-hmm. it was really helpful uh, for me, uh, when trying to get my mission across. So I did that. And then I was like, Hey, I'm going to go back home and try to do this. And which I realized that trying to do it back home in my hometown of Memphis, it didn't really make sense to do it as a local nonprofit. 
because people, uh, they weren't as adept in what, what we call bleeding edge technologies. Basically, you know, the most up to date current tech, uh, in the industry. Mm-hmm. And so what I decided to do was how was I going to, um, impact veterans in a manner that would make sense? And that's when we decided, you know what, let's do this remotely. And that's how we became not only the first VSO that was uh, formed specifically for teaching veterans for programming free, we became the first remote VSO that um, was focused on teaching veterans for free. And that's what we've done to this day. A VSO is a veteran service organization, is it? Yes, that's what it's classified as, yes, sir. Okay, and remote meaning that it's virtual. There's no, it sounds like you have an office. Are there other founders or is it just you? Yeah, negative. There are uh, about right now, uh, we have three people on the website, but there's a team of six. Uh, They're between uh, D.C., uh, New York, Nashville. That's where everybody's at. And um, we have one person in Arkansas. So that's what we, um, you know, our head of mentorship actually is in South Carolina. And um, our the person who helps us with our recruitment, uh, talking to recruiters and things of that nature and companies for their HR department, he's in uh, Arkansas. So we're basically, we're a six-man team, six-man unit, and we're, like, just spread throughout uh, East Coast. Okay, so it's it's a virtual program. I know that you use Slack very heavily to coordinate and talk to people. Yes, sir. We use Slack. We use Screen Hero. Uh, we're using, actually, we're doing a lot more things on Facebook with Facebook groups. But Slack and Screen Hero and Zoom and CodePen, uh, actually, are, and Repolit, they're the, some of the top tools that we use the most. Uh, that way, we create homework and courses for our veterans to go through on Repolit and with CodePen so they can have as much forward-facing work as possible for when it comes time to get jobs. And how do you find veterans, or how do veterans find you? Veterans find us um, through avenues like this, like podcasts. They hear about us, or they read something that mentions us, and uh, they apply to our program. And I, um, I usually lead up the first interview. And then Noel, he does the second interview, which is the technical interview. We give every veteran the same uh, technical interview, which is we give them a tutorial, and then we give them a week to complete that tutorial as well as do a final project based upon that tutorial. It's just like you would apply in a tech position. You get two, you know, every tech position is usually two to three interviews. So for us, it's two interviews. And then upon who has the, the strongest um, interview process, that's how we select our troops. What are you looking for in a successful applicant? I'm looking for people that um, are willing to go above and beyond. Um, we're looking for people who are willing to not give up. That's what, in the end, when it comes to tech, you know, everybody has different learning curves. Everybody's going to learn at different speed. But the true acumen of success is those who aren't willing to quit. Like, you know, even, like I tell people, I was not a strong mathematician or any of that. I just had the uh, willpower to not give up. So that's what you know, helped me reach where I am today. Hey, Jerome, this is Rich. So it sounds like it sounds like you got to show a little something before you get in the program. You have to. Yes, we are not one of those organizations where oh, if you just uh, apply, if you just served, you can yeah. just get in. Like you just apply. Like no, you have to do some work because we're giving you. Not only are do we have mentors there that we are assigning to you, we're spending uh, up to two hours 
a day, Monday through Thursday with you, as well as we're giving you about anywhere from two to $400 worth of free uh, resources. We're giving them free interview cake. We're giving them free uh, plural site. We're giving them access with those tools for a year. Whenever we are in like local areas, we're giving them, if they're in a specialized area, we have relationships there. We're giving them um, access to tech conferences. We're giving them access to uh, tech company tours. We've had several of our veterans tour um, Facebook HQ in the past year. Uh, that's what, you know, these are things we do. We give them access to our network. We, uh, we have a veteran who's in Illinois, and we've given her access to people in really big tech companies such as Basecamp with DHH or other locations where she wanted to work at. And we do that because, you know, we want you to earn being here because even though my first step in the door, I didn't have to pay for anything, I put about six months worth of work into uh, my craft before I was able to get sure. my shot. Sure. So that's what we try to do with our veterans to let them know that, you know, this is, we want to go ahead and demystify tech, let them know that, hey, this is hard work. So don't think that just, you know, because you served that the working stops. No, the working keeps going forward and you have to continue to put in the work. Now, how long have you been doing this? Been doing this since 2014. Okay, so about Summer three years. 2014. Got it. And how many people have you trained? Uh, we are almost at 100 right now. Um, we are doing. We do that in really small bursts. We try to do it no more in teams than 13. Even though our next cohort is doing the smallest number, we're going to be doing is 25. We're hoping to have something special lined up that we can even teach more veterans. So that's our um, goal for our September cohort. And is this full time for you? Uh, negative. Uh, my team, while we do, uh, we work part-time, all of us, mm-hmm. everybody is a software engineer uh, or a developer or designer somewhere in a, another field. I work with a company um, that does high-level uh, healthcare systems, and uh, we have another individual works at USA Today, another team member works at Amazon. Uh, everybody works in tech. So when we're going through the resume or the interview process, people know that, hey, these people, they know what they're talking about because they're actually in the industry. They're actually going through it. So for a lot of these people, there's no resume. I mean, that's what it sounds like. That's what you got because they've spent time in the military. Well, they serve. That's the resume. Right, exactly. And so there's a swath of time. So what is... Gradu- like, is it six months? Like, is that the program? Like, what is the program? We do three, we do 12 weeks, but we also, like, there's a lot of homework. When you say there's no resume, we totally agree. And that's why we focus on uh, so heavily on the portfolio and the job interview because we tell them, we're, like I said, we're very honest with our veterans. That's why I think that's the biggest difference between us and other places. They try to sugarcoat things where we are not a sugarcoat organization. Uh, we tell them, processes like how the interview will go we train them on the technical interview we uh actually we use tools in regards to the technical interview that we've gotten from google and twitter on how to help teach them about the technical interview uh we make sure their portfolio is up to speed their github their code pen their medium accounts we uh every avenue prepping for employment and learning we uh use and we exploit Part of their homework is going out in the community to meetups. So you've maybe been in a meetup with a Vetsuko veteran and you didn't even know it. That's just our whole concept is getting, making them integrate into the civilian communities as well as prepare them for the hardest things they possibly do. The last two weeks of our cohort is completely focused on the tech interview. And we do that right. intentionally. 
as it grows, as Vetsu Code grow, like how do you see it grow? Is it we, more people? Uh, is it more program? Like, talk to me. Um, we don't see it growing as in more people. We see it growing as more automation so that we can have scale. Mm. That is our thing. Uh, first thing that we saw a massive level of success with is when we switched our curriculum from doing Ruby to JavaScript to just pure JavaScript. And we saw a huge influx of success when we did that. And we just started focusing more on JavaScript. And the reason was that um, was not just that, you know, JavaScript even in the world. It's just that because everybody's using it, employers are giving people more of a chance when it comes to coming to their organizations or their companies and not knowing the full stack. So that way they're able to, you know, at least you're good at this. That way we can teach you the rest. And being able sure. to use JavaScript and focus a lot more on computer science, that is one thing that we, um, we adopted really fast halfway through last year when we saw that we were interviewing companies and what they were saying was a lot of people in code schools they just don't have the computer science fundamentals that they need. And that's what we decided, hey, this is what we need to implement is computer science. We mixed one language, but then we basically tripled down on computer science. So that's something that we, uh, we've we done that the troops kind of don't like in the first half of the cohort because it makes it really tough. But uh, we tell them we're doing this out of love and that, you know, you have to learn this. How do you think vets are different from non-vets when you're, when you're teaching? How do I think veterans are different? I think vets, uh, they're not all that different. It's just it comes from a community and experience concept. Uh, there are just some things, like when you're trying to communicate with someone, having shared experiences makes it easier, just like with any other uh, job when it comes to teaching or uh, even, you know, teaching, driving, you know, knowing how to drive on the side of the road in, in another country will help you be able to teach that person how to drive a lot easier versus, you know, an American going to Europe and trying to teach people how to drive. Um, I gotta imagine too, like vets have been told to do things and didn't always get to ask why, just knew they had to do them, (laughs) which is probably really good when you're learning about technology. (laughs) Uh, Yes, to a degree, no to a degree. A lot of people (laughs) have that uh, idea that veterans, you know, they're not allowed to ask questions, but veterans do ask questions. And uh, that's why we have uh, processes like operation orders and fragment orders. Uh, These aren't things that are shared in the... um, civilian world because people, you know, they don't really care about all the, the nooks and crannies of every aspect of military culture and life. But, you know, some things like we were we shared that, you know, veterans have been working in Agile before Agile was cool. It just mm-hmm. wasn't named Agile. We were calling it AEF or Rapid Deployment System, things of that nature, mm-hmm. uh, how they're breaking big problems down into smaller chunks and then sprint and knocking out those smaller chunks uh, where you guys where uh, civilian side when it comes to Agile is like, oh, we're going to do these sprints to knock out and build out these features in seven days or 21 days or whatever um, time frame that you share. So it's one of those things where that's where the experience comes. You know how the person, like that person's background, so you know how to approach, um, how to solve the problem of getting that person to understand the work a little better. So that's one big difference. Um, the biggest issues that we do see with veterans which is one of the reasons why we chose um, JavaScript, ironically, is that they miss the camaraderie that came with the military. And it's really hard to find that camaraderie elsewhere. That's why you see a lot of veterans are there 
right now running towards CrossFit clubs and uh, runners groups, things of that nature. So we were looking for the, which community that, that would help with their transition and help with their being able to integrate with civilians that had the closest amount of camaraderie. And when we looked at it, it was JavaScript. JavaScript had the, was the most open community. It didn't have that elitist feel. You can come in, you know, because it's usually one of the most, one of the first languages people learn. You could come into a JavaScript meetup and know absolutely nothing and be accepted and not be expected to be contributing from the gate versus other communities where they kind of expect you to know a little bit more, such as, you know, Ruby or Go communities. So mm-hmm. that was another reason why we chose JavaScript, because those communities, they seem to be the most forgiving. They seem to be the communities that were most open. So we were like, you know, being able to integrate these guys and get them into uh, JavaScript meetups would make it significantly easier in our uh, transition uh, process. So now where are the graduates landing? Where are they going? They're landing um, anywhere from small shops to really big startups. We just uh, had one veteran, Jason. We we did the graduation uh, three weeks ago, but he ended up getting his job and his offer letter four days after graduation. He ended up being a white hat security, where we have another veteran who's actually going through one of the developer programs at Facebook. So he's there for a rotational for a year. One another veteran that works at L Magazine, so that was kind of crazy to to come out for us. Um, they're just all over the place because they're so decentralized. Uh, and, you know, we have veterans in Jacksonville, Florida, that work in healthcare companies. We have veterans uh, who are working at insurance companies in um, Nebraska. Uh, it, it sounds like there's a comfort level with where <laughs> the job is going to be because you've got a history here of being deployed. So every every single example you just gave was, I mean, you were zigzagging all over the country. Um, so well, that's the the harsh reality of I mean, of veterans is that you know because of deployment, you're trained to go where the mission is. One, so that helps us when it comes to getting into the workforce. We'll go where the organizations that want our talent to be, and we'll learn those skills. We've had. Uh, veterans who they graduate with one technology and they start working in another one um, regularly or they just you know they're they're not afraid to travel and their families understand that sacrifice we have one young um, young woman who she is prepping to uh, leave her family for a new job and on the other side of the state but because her husband is going to be retiring within like the next seven to eight months they're okay with the fact that they're going to be living on opposite sides of the state for eight months. And that is like, you know, these are the type of sacrifices that veterans, you know, you know, it's not Iraq or Afghanistan. It's just in our eyes down the street. Are they staying connected? The veterans that graduate out of your program, staying connected with each other? Yes. Staying connected with us and each other. We actually, to make it easier, because what we saw um, was that a lot of the communication in our Slack channel was going in direct messaging so we decided we were going to open a Facebook group and start making everyone go to the Facebook group once they grad. And we're getting our new um, alumni and we're, you know, basically putting everybody in there. So that way everyone can communicate together as opposed to doing the direct messaging uh, avenue. They're, they were either that or in their class channels. And I was like, there's not enough people connecting with outside of their cohorts. So let's see how we can uh, change that. And we were like, oh, you know what, let's just, make a Facebook group and make a community. And then we're actually starting to put like people who actually apply in that community. So that way they know that there are people that they can talk to and communicate with 
that have done this or people, other new people. So as they're going through the process, they'll be able to have um, access to not only those people, but they'll have access to the mentors and things of that nature so they can ask questions. Like, that's what we're trying to do because we, we understand the idea of, you know, iron sharpens iron. So the more people that you're talking to and communicating with who have been where you are, the better you'll be. But it also helps having, like, basically a foundation as well. And that's why we make sure that foundation is JavaScript focused on Node.js and React with a lot of computer science thrown in there. And then, you know, you guys can start branching out as you get further along. And we make every veteran try to do like a little mini project with something that they don't know intentionally because, you know, that's the only way to get better is being able to learn, learn how to learn. But that's our process. We make everybody connect and stay connected through the Facebook group now. This is one of the things, Jerome, when you first reached out to me that I thought was really impressive, which is that it was really clear that, A, this is beyond a labor of love. It's an enormous amount of energy. It's a pure not-for-profit. There's not a lot of resources here, and you're making a lot of things stretch really far. But also that the goal was clearly to build a self-sustaining community that could drive everybody forward together. That it wasn't the Jerome show, it was the, the Vets Who Code show. And I thought that was really, like, that stuck out in, like, the first two seconds of conversation. Thank you. Um, our goal is that, to make it a self-sustaining community. But our goal is also to disprove a lot of those stigmas that comes with being a veteran. Uh, that's the biggest issue that we see, is that, you know, veterans are followers, they're not critical thinkers. And that's the furthest from the truth. If you've never been in a firefight and you don't know what true critical thinking is um <laughs> like that is something that we're you know that we fight really hard on like you know uh, that's why we um i myself i go to hackathons i take i send some of the troops to hackathons wherever they get free things i'm like no go out go in there and you know beat the crap out of everyone uh last november i went to a hackathon and i was you know the southern boy as they like to say um and there are developers there that were from microsoft but when my team won you know, all of a sudden, I was the cool kid, and that was because, you know, just because you're, you know, a Microsoft developer doesn't mean that you're automatically the best. And that's one of those things that what we've learned even in with that two code that, you know, brand recognition of a company doesn't equate to talent. You know, one of the reasons why we don't grow as fast as other organizations and we have this process is very intentional. We're looking for the people who were like me, who, you know, they didn't have that network or those resources that typical veterans would have if they were to get out the military or if civilians would have. Um, but about 50% of the people that we take, we accept, are minorities. We are going out there and we're finding those women veterans who aren't heavily represented in tech or in a lot of other veteran populations. We're finding those um, Latina, uh, Latino, African-American veterans that are out there and they're not being heavily represented or being, you know, pushed that they too can do this in their communities. I always share that story of how when I decided I was going to get in tech, my parents laughed at me because they had mm -hmm. never knew that there were any African-Americans in tech. And they were like, you know, that is not a type of job that they hire black people for. I was like, well, I think I'm going to do this. And now in the past three or four years, I have made more money. Um, you know, I've been since in tech, I've been making more money than my parents at their same respective jobs. And they've been there at some of their jobs for 10, 15 years. So, like, that is the better, like, you know, I try to teach my, our troops, uh, the greatest revenge is success. So, <laughs> but that is one of the things that we really focus on is those 
try to find those people that are really underrepresented, even in the veteran community, because, you know, the stigma of veterans is you're either a broken veteran or, you know, you're some super outrageous veteran with a beard that's coming down to your chest and, you know, you're, you know, wearing a dysfunctional veteran shirt and everything you have <laughs> has, has, a, has is a F-bomb or guns on it and, you know, just not a normal person that likes making them, but you just like making people uncomfortable and that's the furthest from the truth, um, that the extreme versions of our community gets pushed as, you know, this is the average. You're going to be dealing with a young male who has anger issues. I'm like, no, Paul, you can actually attest to this. We end up getting involved with a uh, person on Twitter from a big company that was like, how many people, how much were your program that's for PTSD? And it was just the craziest thing to me as a veteran who has suffered from PTSD and got the help that they needed for post-traumatic stress, I actually voluntarily uh, hospitalized myself for six weeks when I first came back out of um, the military mm-hmm. to make sure I could help to do, to do my mission, to do what I love. And I could tell them, like, you know, PTSD has more to do with isolation. It was just really weird how this person was going on, but that's not the, the stigma of post-traumatic stress. It's totally different from the reality of it. And for every bad example out there, there are 20 that people aren't even talking about. So that's what a lot of our job is. It's, you know, taking this stigma and eradicating it. That's what we want to do. I think what, you know, listening to you talk, what I, you know, what I'm hearing is like, everybody's got these stereotypes of veterans and it's good to blow those up. But also just like veterans need economic empowerment and jobs. And there are people who need more representation in this industry. And damn it, they're going to get it. And all the other stuff needs to get taken care of, too. But that's not what this is about. This is about getting people into the workforce, into the economy, and letting them build their lives. Exactly. This is about, you know, I tell them, that's the code is about one thing and one thing only, jobs. That's what we care about. Again, you know, here is the problem. The problem is that tech community does not have enough people who can do the work. And, you know, there are ample people that can do the work that just don't have the skills. So what are we doing is we're taking America's best and we're giving them skills to help fill in that skills gap. And then we're doing our best to make sure that uh, we're not asking you for a handout. We're asking uh, you to give them a shot and put them for your interviews. And if they meet your metrics, then hire these people and don't be afraid of what they've done in the name of their country. Just, you know, accept these people as they are, real human beings. Let's talk through how people can help. So employers, what can they do? Employers, they can help by either hosting veteran-based meetups at their own organizations, or they can uh, contact us at vetsco.io, and we'll definitely help them find ways how they can integrate with their HR departments on how to look for more ways of hiring veterans. The current like, population, just go out there and get to know a veteran. That's something that I always ask people, like, get out there and know uh, learn about like veterans, like the real stuff, not just what you see on TV. And the, the same, uh, like that goes especially for people in HR. Go out there and be a part of the military community. Uh, we're more than our resumes, and I know that you understand everything on our resumes because you know military speak is, is a language in itself. Almost, yeah, I challenge veterans to do the exact same thing. I do not join these communities that aren't integrated with civilians because, as a result what you're doing is that you're just building a bubble. And when you're building a bubble, 
your network doesn't get stronger. You don't get to see different points of view. You just see people that you don't agree with as the enemy, and you're not coming better. You're not becoming a better uh, American citizen. So that's like on both sides of the fence. We ask people, like, if you want to help support us, please go to Vesico.io, donate, or like and share our, the work we're doing. Like, we're about to uh, launch a, lo- a lot of media in the next three months, showcasing a lot of our veterans. They're going to be doing recorded pitches, all type of crazy stuff that we're going to be doing in the next three months to help push our veterans to the forefront. So that way our vets, our troops, can um, hopefully land on the ears of some people that are looking for good talent. Also, software engineers, we have a mentorship form on our website. Please fill that out. If you're looking to give back with your skills, we are looking for a lot more uh, React developers or people who are strong in React for um, our troops. We're also looking for people who have a strong background in regard to CyberSec and and Node.js. So if you are strong in any of those and you want to help mentor our veterans, please sign up on our mentor form so that way we can... Uh, definitely gets you involved. All right. This we is know so cool. To, we know what to do. And yeah. also, I mean, people, I don't think you mentioned or maybe you just glossed over, but there's a donation form on that page. Yes, sir. We have our donate button, our donation form. Fill it out. Please donate to us. Uh, every dollar that people donate to us actually goes the length of what, $25 would go in your conventional uh, nonprofit. So because of that, we're remote and we focus on technologies and quality of tech with our troops. So a lot of that money goes directly towards technology costs to be able to connect our veterans and be able to uh, communicate with them. We're actually on the uh, secondary leg. We just did a UI makeover of our website. And now we're on a secondary leg in which we're doing some really cool things on the back end so we can start the process of integrating everyone directly into the site. So once you be able, once you're there, you'll be able to sign up. We'll have a, we're working with ID.me, so that way we can verify your honor, your honorary discharge veteran. Go from there, and you know, go to secondary phases. We'll have our pre-work um, there, so when you log in, you'll be able to do our pre-work, and then from there, we'll be able to have classes and things directly within the um, web app. We're going from website to web app, and we're hoping to have all this done by September. Fingers crossed. But uh, please donate. Uh, we need your support so that way we can cross that milestone as fast as possible, as smooth as possible. All right. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. Yeah. First off, we're going to share all the links necessary here to do all the different things when we post this up. So everyone look out for that. Yeah. I mean, this is great. I mean, this is you're, you're doing a lot more than putting a form out and saying, hey, we'll train you. Uh, I think you, you, your outreach and, and your, your willingness to, to go and understand where people are and uh, invite them into this, into this process well, that's our is philosophy. great. Uh, we try to set the world as it is, not how we want it to be, and try to navigate it as such. So one of the things that we really focus on is we are always looking at metrics, looking at hiring practices, look at, looking at what's going on in these communities. Like literally there's one person per region who that's their assignment is to look at hiring practices per region and to come back with that data. And we do that once a quarter so that we're looking at this stuff to figure out how to best, you know, serve our veterans, particularly in those regions. It's really tough when you have, you know, for instance, when you're further south than the southeast, for example, it's a lot harder when it comes to, to get a job because 
there's not a lot of influx, a lot of people moving around. So it's more who you know type deal in the South and in New York or Silicon Valley. You can, you know, get a job there, frankly, easier if you know what you're doing. So we have to be prepared for that. And that's why for our Southeastern troops, we push a lot more on going to meetups versus, you know, maybe our New York or Silicon Valley troops who they don't need to do that as much as the people who are in South. And if you're, no one knows you in the tech community, then when the HR person starts asking around, you know, your resume is going to go in the uh, do not answer pile. So, Jerome, last question. How do people get in touch with you? Uh, best way to get in contact with me is through Twitter. Jerome Hardaway is uh, my Twitter handle. If you um, tweet me, I'll tweet you back. I try to uh, answer to everyone. Well, man, this is a great conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jerome, and thank you for doing what you're doing. All right, thank you. Thank you guys for having us and supporting the veterans. Absolutely. It's great talking to you, man. Thank you. Take care. All right. You guys All have right. a great evening. You okay. too. Bye-bye. You too. You got your causes, and you got your causes. This is a really cool one. I mean, this is somebody saying, let's do this. Mm-hmm. This is like, I don't know what the Air Force equivalent of hua is, but this is this is some Well, pre- it's a do rather than, isn't it terrible? Yeah, it's like, let's help, let's help these guys yeah. and these women Very get cool. their lives moving uh, once they're out of the military. And what can we do? We can use Slack. We can use the tools at hand yep. and create an organization and make some change. So look, I mean, people should jump in if they can, if they can help, especially if anybody's listening and they're a vet. It's a great, great organization to connect with if you're a vet and a, a programmer. I know that yeah. this is a place that really welcomes mentors. Most of it, it's done virtually, people in Slack, things like that. So, Very cool. Uh, Vetswhocode.io, I, I try to kick in whenever there's a fundraiser. I don't know. I feel like I'm doing something. Nice. Yeah, trying to help. And uh, Jerome is bound for glory. Love, love talking. Mm-hmm. Love talking to that guy. Not many people we've had on this podcast are bound for glory. He's bound for glory. That guy is <laughs> is killing it. Um, you've been listening to Track Changes, the podcast of Postlight, a digital product studio at New York City. Well, at is a one hundred one Fifth Avenue in New York. You love giving that address. And if you need to reach us, you can send an email to hello at postlight.com. And if you want to rank us five stars, you should visit iTunes or your phone or something. I don't even know how to do it anymore. But give us five stars, please. Uh, we love five stars. I'm your co-host, Paul Ford. And I'm Rich Ziotti. And thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>